This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church.
name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God. Let us pray. Perfect light of revelation. As you shone in the life of Jesus, whose epiphany we celebrate, so shine in us and through us that we may become beacons of truth and compassion, enlightening all creation with deeds of justice and mercy. Amen. Let us confess our sins. Merciful God, we have seen in what we have thought and said, in the wrong we have done, and in the good we have not done. We have sinned in ignorance, we have sinned in weakness, we have sinned through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry. We repent and turn to you. Forgive us for our Savior Christ's sake, renew our lives in the Lord of your name. Amen. Through the cross of Christ, God have mercy on you, pardon you, and set you free. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. God strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Amen. Let us pray the way that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not let us fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Graciously grant this humble church peace and unity if it is your will. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Everybody have a program. Very good. Be seated, please. So that's first reading, please. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. A reading from the first book of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was uh, ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The Lamb of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay, lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up. And went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling for us as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it, of it, tingle. On, the, on that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house and from, from beginning to end. 
For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming, blaspheming, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house iniquity of right. Eli's house shall not be expi expiated mm -hmm. by a sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? you do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also. If you hide anything from me of all that he told you, so Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Yerushiba, Yerushiba, knew that Samuel was a trust, trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Take a read, please. I love it, y'all. Okay. <clears throat> a reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. All things that are permitted for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are permitted for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is made for the for the stomach and the stomach for the food. And God will destroy destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for sexual immortality, but for the Lord and the Lord, the Lord for the body. And God raised, raised the Lord and, and will also raise us. By his power, the Lord will also raise us up by his power. Do, that, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ. Should I therefore take, take the members of Christ and make the members of, of a prostitute? Never. Do not know what do not know that whoever is united in a prostitute becomes one body with her, for it, it is said the two shall shall be one. For the two, the two shall be one flesh. But anyone united united to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. Shun sexual immortality. Every sin that is a person that a person commits is outside of the body. But the sexual sexuality sexually immoral person sins against the body it is itself. Well, do, do you not know that, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have come 
which you have from God, and that you are not on your own. For you were you were bought with a price, and therefore glorify God in your in your body. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, John. Thank you. Please rise as you are able. decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was born from Bethsaida, Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to, to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is a truly, here is truly a, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. But Daniel asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Daniel replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree? You will never see, you will, you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and ascending upon the Son of Man. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord of okay, you see it, please. Uh, you're going to be good on this one today. 
I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I will say good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Mm -hmm. Very chilly, cold good afternoon to you. Oh. 14 degrees right now in Dallas. Three. Oh, 14. Well. It's cold. Yeah. I got that cold. Nice and warm and snuggy here. <laughs> in the early years of the first century of the people of Israel were waiting for the Messiah to come. They were waiting for the person who the prophets had spoken of to come and set the people free. The man then appeared in the wilderness and started baptizing people and calling them to repentance. There was a great excitement and the people gathered to hear what he had to say. He made it clear, however, that he wasn't the person that they were looking for. Instead, he was the one called to prepare the way. This man, of course, was John the Baptist. John soon gathered around him a group of, of disciples eager to listen to what he had to say. Amongst those would have been both the learned and the layman, wanting to know what this new teaching was all about. The Gospel of John goes on to tell us about two of those people who had gathered around John the Baptist. They were simple fishermen, but had an obvious hunger for God's truth. They were, want, they were waiting to see who John would identify as being the Christ. After being with John for a short time, John did exactly that. He pointed out a man who came, like all the others, to be baptized. I wanted to look at how these men responded to John's claim. In our gospel reading this afternoon, we see the calling of the first disciple to Jesus before he begins his ministry. The disciples, one by one, by different testimonies, put their faith in Christ. Jesus calls them over, calls them to follow him. Over the next three chapters, we find that their belief in Jesus becomes stronger and stronger. Before I talk about that, I want to expand, uh, expand upon a few things that happened during this, uh, this encounter of Jesus and his disciples. First, we see that after John the Baptist had identified who Jesus was, the two disciples had begun to follow him. Jesus turned around and asked, asked them, what do you want? I mean, after that, after all, that John the Baptist has just said about Jesus, this seemed quite a strange question. However, Jesus knew that over the course of his ministry, people were going to, to come to him for very different reasons. And he wanted to know what their motives were. He probably also wanted them to just to stop and examine their own motives for a second. There could have been many different reasons for the two disciples wanting to join Jesus. They knew from what John the Baptist had said that Jesus was important. They could have just wanted to be seen with him so that they could look important. They could have been like the Pharisees who were suspicious of Jesus and only wanted to get close to him to discover what he was up to and to spoil his plans. There could have been many other reasons, and so Jesus asked them this very important question. In the reply of the two disciples, we see their heart. They call Jesus rabbi, meaning teacher, declaring that they want to listen and learn from him. In giving Jesus this title, they display a small but important understanding of who Jesus is. They continue to ask the question, where are you staying? The disciples were making it clear that they wanted to get to know Jesus more and to spend time with him. It's just a declaration of faith that they believe Jesus is, is somebody worth spending time with that caused Jesus to tell them to come along and find out. The author John records that they spent that day with, with him and that the time was the 10th hour. Now, there may be other reasons for John to have recorded the time, but I believe that one of those reasons, one of these reasons, was because it was a life-changing experience. There aren't many of us who, who couldn't say what we were doing on September the 11th, 2001, because it was a life-changing experience. In the same way, the first encounter with Jesus Christ was, was something that 
he would remember for the rest of his life. In the next few verses, we find these disciples eager to spread the word of who they had found. Andrew brings his brother Peter to Jesus, and after Philip encounters Jesus, he, he brings Nathaniel. Here we see that one of the first signs that somebody has uh, had an encounter with Jesus is a desire to share that experience with other people. All the disciples are called to follow Jesus. We can see from Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel that he knows us before we know him. Nathaniel believes in Jesus when he has this revelation. Jesus, however, tells him that he will see much greater things than this. Reading on through the next three chapters of John, we find that that is exactly what happens. The disciples follow Jesus, and he reveals more and more about himself. They witness the miracle of the water into wine, the cleansing of the temple, the healing of the official son, and how Jesus deals with both the highly esteemed and despised people of this world. They've been called to follow Jesus and to, and to put more faith into him. One thing that puzzled me in the earlier years of being a Christian was that the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't record these earlier encounters that Jesus had with his disciples. In the Synoptic Gospels, the first we read of Jesus and his relationship with his disciples is when he calls them to leave their boats. We know that this occurs sometimes later, sometime later, as Mark records that it happens after John the Baptist has been put in prison. When we look at these accounts and why they only start to record the relationship between Jesus and his disciples from this point onwards. We're going to read from Luke as Matthew and Mark are summarized versions of the same account. From Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around, crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little, uh, put out a little from shore. Then he sat, sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Uh, then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. I'm going to talk fishing on your person. Remember when you read this, when you read this passage, and it's equivalent in Matthew and Mark, that Jesus has already known the disciples for a while, and that they have, they have seen him before miracles. If you read it carefully, you will find that it says nothing to the contrary. In fact, it is suggested in the way that Jesus just gets into Simon's boat and asks him to push away from the shore uh, without Simon muttering any words of discontent. When Jesus tells Simon to throw his nets back in, we see a sign, we see in Simon's reply suggesting that Simon not only knows who Jesus is, master, but also that he has seen enough of Jesus to know that he is able to do the possible and is worth obeying. What, what, is, it, what is it about this account that 
caused three out of the four gospel writers to consider it such an important moment in the relationship between Jesus and his disciples that they don't feel the need to include anything before it. To answer that is worth remembering that up until this point, the disciples have been following Jesus, but haven't directly been haven't directly been affected by any of his miracles nor taken part in any of them. They also haven't haven't had to give up anything. Here we see the disciples uh, the disciples stepping stone between simply following Jesus and becoming one of his disciples. Jesus is about to take this group of men into the next level. Disciples haven't been directly affected by any of Jesus' miracles up to this point. They have witnessed Jesus perform the impossible. They have seen him turn water into wine, heal the official son, and probably many more. They would have been amazed and touched by what they had seen. In this miracle, however, without even asking for it, Jesus performs the impossible in order to benefit them. We see Peter here has a, a, a realization that Jesus not only can perform miracles for others, but that he loves Peter enough that he, he wants to perform a miracle that will bless him. Peter is so overwhelmed with this realization that he shouts, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. The disciples up to this point had never been taken part, had never taken part in a miracle. Here Jesus had used this, uh, them to perform this miracle. This would be a great start. Uh, this would be the start of many, this would be the start of many when Jesus would uh, use his disciples to perform a miracle. The feeding of the 5,000 is a great example of this. They were, they had been uh, taken from simply following Christ to actually partaking with him. Jesus, of course, tells them from now, now on they will be fishers of men. And this miracle, he is showing them their purpose. The disciples had also never had to give up anything. They'd be following Jesus and spending time with him. However, now they were called to leave everything else behind. They had gone from simply following Christ to being willing to sacrifice everything they had for him. They had taken that step from being followers to true disciples. Jesus tells them that he has called them to be fishers of men. This is the point where the disciples accept that call and embark on a three-year training period. After Jesus' death and resurrection, he repeats this miracle in the book of John, chapter 21. However, this time, the boats don't begin to sink, the nets don't tear. In doing this, Jesus is reminding disciples of their calling and showing them that they have completed their training. In conclusion, in these accounts of the disciples' first meeting with Jesus and their acceptance of their calling, we see the steps of becoming to becoming a Christian, just as Jesus asked the two disciples who were following him. What do you want? He asked the same question of us today. I want to ask you to check your motives. You may have come here wanting healing, forgiveness, and have heard that Jesus is able to provide that. If you have, then you're right. However, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, then your primary motive must be to simply want to know more of him and to spend time with him. If you're willing to ask God for that today, then he'll answer you. He's able, he is able to reveal himself in an ever-increasing way to to you just as he did to the disciples. He's able to give you a life-changing experience. Jesus, however, wants to take you further than that. He wants you to become a true disciple. Jesus wanted to bless his disciples with a miracle that directly affected them. Jesus wants to affect your life with the greatest miracle of all, his death and resurrection. With this miracle, he has provided a way for your sins to be forgiven and for you to experience eternal life. When you have that realization that Jesus has done this miracle for you individually, then it can cause you to react like Peter did. Jesus wants you to know that he loves you so much that he performed this miracle for you. 
just as after this miracle Jesus was going to use his disciples to fulfill his purposes, he also in the same way wants to use you. He doesn't want you to be, the, be sitting on the outside looking in. He wants you to partake in the things that he is doing. He wants you to be actively involved in performing his, his will upon this earth. If you are feeling unimportant, remember that the Lord of Lords and King of Kings wants to use you. He wants to make you fishers of men that you might bring other people into a knowledge of who he is. The last qualification of discipleship is being willing to give up everything to save the fallen Christ. Now, this is where it becomes a little bit difficult. Peter and the others left their boats, their family, and their livelihood in order to follow Christ. For most of Jesus' disciples, it also cost them their lives. Be a true disciple of Christ, you have to be willing to leave everything and follow him. Jesus did that very same thing for you. So what are, they, what are all the steps to becoming a Christian? Number one, what do you want? First step is to decide whether you want to know Christ personally. Is he is he, he is interested in having a personal relationship with you. If you want to know him, then his reply to you will be just the same as it was with disciples. Come and you will see. Number two, the next step is to realize that Jesus performed a miracle for you. It was his death on a cross so that you that he could atone for your sins. When we realize this, we should have the same sense of unworthiness that Peter had, and it should cause us to turn from that sin. Number three, that is to be willing to partake in the purpose of God. God doesn't want you to be an outsider looking in or an armchair spectator. You will have to be willing to accept his will and purpose for your life. Number four, just as the disciples decided that they were willing to leave everything for this new life in Christ, you have to be willing to do the same. You will have to be willing to remove anything from your life that would prevent you from having that true relationship with God. Just as Jesus showed disciples that they had finished their training by repeating the miracle after his resurrection. He also has the ability to ensure that you complete the calling that he has for you. The journey is a hard one and nobody can promise that the Christian life will be without its troubles. The fact is that most of the disciples paid for their faith in Christ with their lives. However, to live their lives with purpose and in deciding to be a disciple of Christ they ensured that they would also follow him into having victory over death. We will all die. But to have victory over death means to spend eternity in heaven. So let me ask you on this cold Sunday afternoon, do you choose just to follow? Or do you choose to be a disciple? The choice is yours. Amen. Thank you. Alright, here we go. We thank for all we have received, O oh God, gifts of, of time and blood of time, money and ability, city gold, and it's like true portion of these gifts. Bless those who receive them, just merely blessed in the act of sharing them. Amen. Amen.
We are hesitant to offer our gifts in this moment, loving God, because in the back of our minds we wonder if any good will come of helping the poor, feeding the hungry, reaching out to the stranger. But by your grace, not only goodness, but hope and healing will pour out of what we give in these moments. Bless our gifts, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. To God who welcomes all in love, let us pray for the good of the church. And the concerns of those in need for the church that we introduce others to christ through through virtuous lives loving deeds and truthful words we praise the lord lord for our prayer for the transformation of our attitudes that we may always remember that we belong to christ and use our minds to seek the truth our hearts to love and our physical abilities to serve others we pray to the lord lord hear our prayer for the healing of the human family that the spirit of god will heal the wounds of prejudice and racism and build communities of trust and justice we pray to the lord lord hear our prayer for a healing uh, of our nation, that God will heal the divisions in our country, guide all, guide all elected officials in fulfilling their duties, and help them to work selflessly for the common good. We pray to the Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For a spirit of stewardship, that we may, may, may care and contain God's creation so that God may be honored by its beauty and the uses of its resources. We pray to the Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For the grace of recognition, that we may quiet our hearts and minds so that we may perceive God's presence and, and invitations through the words of Scripture and our daily experiences. We praise the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are ill, especially for Mark Thornton and Eric Johnson, that God will heal them in body, mind, and spirit, restore them so they can be a blessing to others and share fully in the life of the community. We praise the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who have died, especially for Macy Alexander, that their souls be at peace in his eternal embrace, and those left behind will receive the blessing of our Father's presence to comfort them. We praise the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We read you all of our personal intercessions in silence of our thoughts. We pray to the Lord, Lord, Lord hear our prayer. God of every land and nation, you have created all people, and you dwell among us in Jesus Christ. Listen to the cries of those who pray to you, and grant that as we proclaim the greatness of your name, all people will know the power of love at work in the world. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements. Announcements. Everybody's favorite part of the service. Here we go. Compliments, concerns, just complaints. You got one of those? You're mean one of these coming right up here. It's an email address, feedback at DallasULC.com, or you can also go to Dallas.DallasULC.com and click on contact us. It's very simple here, folks. It's self explanatory. 
right there for you. Don't do the search test in places. You know those two things. All right, moving on. You can make a difference. We are all volunteer church here. None of us here takes salary, not even myself. We all volunteer. And we make it keep our doors open by our tithes of our community and for donations from people out there and got YouTube land and, and, and podcast bill and out in the world of the internet. And we can really use your help. If you believe in this all-inclusive, all-loving, all-forgiving God that we are trying to teach about, if you believe in the true meaning of Christianity, not the meaning that has been skewed and brought out to the world, but the true meaning of Christianity, please consider making a donation to Dallas Life Church. Uh, the only thing you do is go to DallasFLC.com and click on donate. Uh, we are a Tax we are a nonprofit organization, so all of your, your donations are tax deductible. It's pretty, pretty cool because tax season's coming up. And we can really use your help. So please go to DallasCLC.com and click on donate. You donate to Dallas, Dallas Roads Life Church. Now, it always comes, never fails. Never fails. Whenever I start talking about money, which again, I'm not very good at, um, I always get somebody to come and say, Bishop, I, I love the church and I really want, I want to help, but I don't have any money. I'm broke. You know, I guess well, I'm broke too. So what do you do? You do what all, all what you do. What I do, we all volunteer. It's a volunteer church. You can, you know, tithe with your with your time. That's what we tithe with your time. Your time is money. So come on in, volunteer. All you have to do is go to DallasULC.com, click on volunteer, and you'll find a list of the positions we have available for volunteers. Now, if you don't see something you like there, please come in anyway. There's always something you can do at the church. There's never enough hours in the day, and we always go to bed at night, but still think my fun done. We can use your help. DallasULC.com, click on volunteer, or just come simply see me. I'll put you work. I promise I have something for you to do. All right. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. What's that? Those email address, folks. Prayer requests, you simply give us an email. Send us an email at pray at DallasULC.com. Now, or you just go to DallasULC.com and click on prayer requests. Uh, we uh, pray every day here at Dallas Future Life Church. Um, you can ask that your prayers be made anonymous or that you give us your name. Uh, you can also say, ask your prayers be said during the week, during our regular prayers, or during the Sunday service uh, with prayers and intercession. Uh, very simply, pray at DallasULC.com. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't forget to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't forget to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't forget to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't forget to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't forget to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't forget to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. so much time on this i mean how long did that video video was about 20 30 seconds right why do we spend so much time on this every week because there's still other viruses that are all out there especially now in the cold world and the cold what's it telling us though to wash our hands why? why 20 seconds minimum so why, why do we wash for 20 seconds minimum why kill bacteria and viruses kill bacteria viruses like the coronavirus like monkeypox like even the common flu uh, and common cold right get the washing research it's more time folks Watch your hands. Put under the soap and water. 20 seconds minimum. 20, about as long as that video was. It's a long time. Okay? 20 seconds minimum. Wash your hands with soap and water. Then, take a towel. Dry them. 
Take that towel and then turn off the water. Don't touch that nasty thing with your hand, nice clean hands. Touch it off, turn it off there. Throw the towel away and use hand sanitizer if you can. You should do this as many times a day as you possibly can. Because what do we do with our hands? Everything. We touch everything. We do everything. We wipe everything, if you will. Okay? And then we go and touch our mouths. Okay? Doorknobs, think about that. Think of everybody's hand touching that doorknob if they touch everything else in their life and you won't put that in your mouth. You don't want to do that. Wash your hands, folks. This is, I guarantee you, if we can all just do this, this is the most basic sense of hygiene that we can stop things like coronavirus. Again, they're talking about again putting in enacting more um, uh, mask laws again because mm -hmm. the virus is again spiking. During wintertime, we're more indoors, we're more closed in, we're, we're not all outside moving around, we're more you know together, and that causes any kind of virus the cold, common cold, the flu, things like that, it causes the, the, the numbers to spike because obviously we're together. Well, wash your hands if, you, if you're in a, in, a, in a crowd like that, wear a mask if you feel if you feel comfortable. You know, it really does, and you're not necessarily protecting yourself, you're protecting everybody else if you have it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what you want to do here. This is about protecting your neighbor, okay, folks? Plus, you don't want to touch it. That's super nasty. All right, just wash your hands. Okay. Every week we go through this because it's important, folks. It is. It's important. Are you looking for open and honest discussions about faith, life, religion, love, society, God, and so much more? Are you looking for someone to pray with, someone to listen, someone to offer honest advice, someone who cares? We have the perfect place for all of those things, and you can do it all from your laptop or smartphone. Welcome to the new era of Christian prayer, discussion, learning, and support in an ever-changing world. This is your Path Live with Bishop Mark brought to you by the Pastor Sean Condren Office TV Network. Every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m., 5.30 Central Time, Bishop Mark goes live around the world, and everyone is welcome to join and even participate in the discussions and prayer. Your path live with bishopmark.online.church. It's that simple. Just type that into your browser and join Bishop Mark and maybe even go live yourself and talk one-on-one -on -one with the bishop. Come check out Your Path Live with Bishop Mark brought to you by the Pastor Sean Condren Office TV Network this Wednesday at 6.35.30 Central. It's simple. Just go to your path live with bishopmark.online.church and enjoy. Okay. So that's what we're doing on Wednesday nights here now. Let me check some folks. We, the lot has changed in the last you know, six weeks or so. A lot's going on through very, very quickly. And I have to say a quick shout out to, to Pastor Sean Condren. Uh, he's given us an opportunity of a lifetime here. He's really uh, put a lot of faith in me and in this church and in all of you, um, and, and, and including us on his network and, and whatnot, and really helping us along. And we're greatly, greatly, greatly appreciative of that. God bless him and his in his network. And, and Debbie, all of it. And Debbie, of course. And Debbie, of course. All right, let's go on to the next one. Let's see what we're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, on that note, with Europath Live, we did uh, last Wednesday, just wanted to tell you all, last Wednesday we did our first ever live roundtable. So we did, a, what we did normally the, round, the Wednesday show is just a call-in prayer show or whatnot. But we decided to do a roundtable, kind of share what we do here on Sundays with some of the crowd that watches on Wednesdays. And that's what we did. This is some of the pictures from it. Let me tell you something. It was a lot of fun. We actually went over our normal time. We went over about half an hour. So it's only about an hour long show. We went for about an hour and a half. And it, it wasn't a dull moment. I mean, it was, it was interesting to the entire thing. It was very fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Now, if you happen to miss it, if you missed our live broadcast, you can catch any of our live broadcasts, or any of our live broadcasts if you miss. You can catch them on our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash at Dallas ULC. Okay, here it is, www.youtube.com slash at Dallas ULC. We'll take you to our, our, our Dallas uh, ULC website on YouTube, and it's all of our stuff right there. So with me, Gavin? Mm -hmm. So with me. Okay, nice and warm and cozy here. <laughs> you like to, yeah. to close your eyes, isn't it? All right, so that's what we do there. I mean, look at I'm, 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 I'm engrossed in conversation here. Just engrossed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
right. Now, just to reiterate here, just kind of tell you what we've got, just so you understand, we've got two different things going on here. Actually, we have three, because I got another one after this. Uh, the program has been live with Bishop Mark Dredge something on Wednesdays, 5.30, 6.30, 6.00. Go to yourpathlive.bishopmark.online.church. They'll take you there. 5.30 p.m., 6.30 Central Time, every Wednesday, okay? Also, don't forget, also on the Pastor Sean Condren Television Network, we have our YouTube channel, I'm sorry, the channel, we have their channel 8 on his network, which is Dallas Real Estate 24-7. Broadcasting live, broadcasting to you 24-7 today, Dallas Universal Life Church on channel 8. So you go there and check that. You just simply go to, let me see where it is. Where's the link on that? PSCOTVnetwork.org. Enter channel 8. Channel 0008 will take you to our channel there. You also have some other great channels you can all check out as well. That's another great Christian shows and, and movies and, and other pastors on there. It's really a great network. Okay. So that's the two things we got going on there with, with Pastor Sean Condry. And then, every Sunday is now, this is the third thing now. We've got three things going on. This is going to turn up very quick, folks. Every service now, every service that we have here at church, every, whether it's, it's Ash Wednesday, on every Sunday service, Christmas, whatever it is, everyone will be broadcast live as they happen, live as we're doing right now on the Pastor Sean Condren Television Network. Uh, all you got to do is go to uh, HTTPS or uh, colon forza forza slash dallasulc.online.church. That takes you right there to the page. Every day that we have service, it'll be right there live for you. Again, those services also that we do record live will then be available later on on our YouTube channel uh, for we broadcast where you can watch it later on. Okay? It's pretty cool. Everything we do now is live. Talk about stress, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were doing it for almost eight years and we're recording it, right? And that's great. But like little things like the teleprompter's not working today and something, it, it looked kind of funny, but we're trying. We're, we're doing the best we can. And live is a lot different. And, and I'm hoping you're enjoying seeing it because it's really, we're trying hard for you. We really are, all of us are really trying hard for you. Okay. Well, we don't want to start that yet. I think it's the final song. I think I put that a little too early there. That's all right. If you would go ahead and rise for our dismissal, please. Before we go, there's one more quick announcement. Before you leave, okay, listen, we've got a round table today. Okay, last Wednesday we did uh, uh, something that we started uh, working on our creed because our yearly uh, look at our creed. And I'll explain that a little more in the round table. Just make sure you stick around for the round table. It's very important. We need you here, okay? All right. God sends you out so that grace will not bear, not uh, will not be rare in your time. Here you are, ready to go and share love and mercy with those around you. Jesus calls you to go out so that justice will not be rare in your time. Here you are, ready to speak the truth to the power, walking with those on oppression, oppressions mean streets. The Spirit fills you with compassion so that the peace will not be rare in your time. Here you are, offering hope to those living in fear, working for reconciliation and brokenness. Amen. And bless you, Almighty God the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go now in peace to love and serve God. Amen. We go in the name of Christ. Now we can play this song for you. You can do it.
Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. All right. This, okay. So, what did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Welcome to the Bishop's Roundtable. This is our first Sunday version of the Roundtable Live that we're offering for everybody out there in, in uh, the internet world, mm-hmm. the universe, wherever we broadcast you all over. I guess if you're so welcome, welcome to our cozy little sanctuary here. Now, uh, what we did last Wednesday was we started, well, here's what we do. Okay, We have something called the Universal Creed here. This is what we are professing what we believe as a church, right? This is taken from two other, other creeds that are around called the Nicene Creed and the Apostolic Creed, which are in the Bible, and a lot of churches use either one or the other to profess their faith, right? We have the Universal Creed because, unlike some of the other churches in the world, we aren't stuck 2,000 years ago in doctrine. Things change. People change. The world changes. And so, so does faith. Faith grows. We have to be able to evolve with the world and the universe, and faith has to go with it. You can't be stuck way back when. Okay. If you remember, I talked about God and how God doesn't change. God doesn't change. God is perfect, so he's, he can't go better, can't go worse, right? But faith is not. Faith is not necessarily perfect. It's, it's something that we have to work on and continue to, to grow with and change. So, what we do is every year we take time to go through our universal creed, which is where the freshness of our faith, and go line by line, word by word, and make sure it's just still what we believe. Yeah, we're saying what we believe every time we should read this on Sundays, it's just really what we believe. So, we got about halfway through it on um, Wednesday. Um, God, so much for talking about it, so it was, just, it was amazing that we didn't get to get finished with it. So let's try and finish that now, and then afterwards, hopefully, we have a little time to talk a little bit about the sermon and whatnot. We need to talk about, okay? 
Okay, so where are we? Let's see. Incarnate. We got through. Okay. We got through. Incarnate was made man. So we, we got to that part and decided that was okay. Okay. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. We agree with that, correct? Mm-hmm. He suffered greatly, died, and was buried. And I think he suffered great more than greatly, but I think that pretty much, you know, we can't really <laughs> emphasize the suffering that he, uh, that he had. Oh, wow. There it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he suffered greatly, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Why? Because he had to fight for our souls. That's what he was doing for those three days. And take away the sin. That's correct. That's what he was doing. Fighting for our souls. So he descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. The scriptures already said this was going to happen, right? And so he did that. He rose again. We believe that, right? Mm-hmm. He is seated at the right hand of the Father whose kingdom shall have no end. Problem with that? Okay. He shall come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. Those who remain on earth and those who have uh, uh, Yes. That's the dead church when they die? No. Yeah. Well, well, technically, what happens to the dead to the dead when they die? They rest. And then, basically, it, the Bible describes it kind of like a sleep. That's what he's describing in the Bible. And that's where I have a problem. Do you believe that when you die, you're put into the ground and you're just in a suit? No. Do so you believe that when you die, you are welcomed home into heaven? Yeah. To, to make it seems like, though. That's one thing that I like about the Bible is that the fact that whenever we go to sleep, what do we do? Are we aware that we're asleep? No. Because when we go to sleep, it seems as yeah. if whenever we wake up, we go straight to heaven. And so we will. No, we'll go straight to heaven. No, 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 you're, you're going to be judged for according to the Bible. So you believe that all these people for the last thousands of years, millions of years, are buried, died, completely gone. The Bible also says in this that at that time of judgment, that our bodies will be physically raised up like Jesus Christ was. You know, according to the bodies are there. What do you think about that? So, imagine all the graves in the world opening up for millions of years. Bodies. Why do you know? Does that seem like the ash? It seems a little strange. It's a little strange to me. It's just like the bodies of people that are left. Ancient. Ancient. It's just saying living in the dead. It's not talking about just humans. It's talking about every single Well, even if we consider a soul. Right? Yeah. Why are you still having that sound come out? Okay. Thank you. Don't let it just be on right now. No matter what it is, it's living or if it's dead, it's as long as it was living at one point, or, you know, it, it will be coming up as well. So, so anything. Here's where I'm asking this now. We're talking about this now. This is why we're really going to talk about this. Because, look, I'm not trying to, 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 to just discredit the Bible or say it's wrong or say anything like that. But I'm saying you. Is the Bible is a book that we need to take with a grain of salt because it is it is heaven to handle by many in your hands and many different translations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and people look, I don't know about you, and I don't, I don't want to question God on this either. If, if that's what He wants to do, it's great, but why? Why do you want to bring our bodies up? That's the one thing. We, our souls are our, our souls are important. Our bodies are just vessels. And we, one thing we say about in 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 Ash Wednesday, which is coming up next month. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. 
Because that's what this is. This is dust. What's important is what's in here. Why in the world would he would take this body up with us? Why would he want to do I don't understand that. Also, here's the other thing. How many of you believe in spirits? How you? In, in ghosts and people that are, have passed on who can communicate with you? If they're dead and asleep, according to what the Bible says here, how are they communicating with me? Who are they? I know. I know. I know. Spirits are coming to you. I'm talking to you. I, I know that. <clears throat> so, again, my wife's experience teaches me that. That I has me to believe that when we die. There is our body is gone. It's no longer important. Okay, it really wasn't important to begin with, which is to be a vessel for us, right? And at that point, our souls, which is us, who we really are, then is transcended to another dimension, to someplace I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's scary to hell if you think about it. Because I don't know. I've never been there. But I do know people have come back to me from that place and talk to me, and other people as well. Okay. Call me crazy folks, you can do it all you want. I don't care. But this is what's happened to me, and whether you believe it or not, it doesn't really matter to me because it's what I how I base my faith. So, do you think that like God allows those, those sort of messages to uh, come through only to people that are ready or are, 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 well, I don't know. Or who, who, who can handle something I mean, like that? Well, you're saying God can give more than you can handle, right? Uh -huh. so, so like, I, mean, I was 11 years old when I was going on. Kids give you a lot. I was 11 years old, and I didn't understand it at the time. And it's still, whenever it happens to me, it still scares the hell out of me when it happens. Mm -hmm. It's that, it's not like, you know, you're just thinking of, of, you know, the vision coming out. It's not like that. It's, it's this, this being is, is, is inside you. They're, they're able to, to get in there and, and be with you and talk to you and part of you. It's the best way to describe it. My little niece, Trina, she sees my mom all the time. She sometimes wakes her up. And it's just, it's as a person that's never had any sort of experience as you know, as y'all have, I just it's a it's a like I feel like you know. How many people do you know that are very very close to you passed away? Very very close. Two. Two. Which is here's what I'll say about that. We all have different talents, right? We talk about that all the time about how you can do this, and you can do this, and you can do this, and we can't all do the same thing. That's kind of the idea, so we can help each other, right? And I think it's the same way with this. I think some people are given that gift. And I do, I do call it a gift, even though it's here for the hell out of me every time it happens to me. I do call it a gift because it's amazing that I'm able to know. Because I know that there's more. I mean, faith can tell me so much. I don't need faith when I know. I've, I've, seen, mm -hmm. I've felt it. I've seen it. I've, I've experienced these people, these spirits, talking to me, communicating with me. So I know that there's something else. You know, so my faith, and you talk about faith, I don't need faith for that part. And I believe it. It's scary still because I don't know where it's going. But it's faith that I don't need because I know. Okay. So what I'm saying here is look, as far as the creed goes, talk about he is seated at the right hand of the Father, with him God will end, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Here's what I'm going to suggest here. He shall come again to judge all. To come in his glory to judge all. 
You don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. I know. That includes if your belief still believes that you believe that the dead is asleep, it still covers it. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, where, was it ever said or um, anything like by Jesus that said he was saying he would come back or come again? Like, after the, after the, the rising year. again. Yeah. The Bible says it. The Bible, Bible says it, but does, does Jesus ever, has ever been like, Reported just saying, that, Oh, yeah, I'll be back after this. You research that one. You research that one. But at least I know he said he'd be back after like the third day when mm -hmm. he would rise. He again. Talk about rising again. But does he, he talk about coming again after he, after he ascended to heaven? Does he? No, because I mean, that's why he ascended, right? So I want you to, uh, your, your job, your homework next week is to to, to find the an answer to that question. Okay. Guys, when I do that for y'all, believe it or not, y'all remember a lot better. <laughs> you have to do it yourself and you like to look it up, you remember. You will. It's very easy. Now you just grab on the phone. Okay? So, here's where we are on that. On the third day, he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended to heaven. He the right hand of the Father, whose kingdom shall have no end. He shall come with glory to judge both the living and the dead. How about, he shall come again with glory to judge all. Does that work for you? Everybody here? That would be saying that he hasn't already made the judgment. But everybody, does it, everybody, everybody, I mean, yes, 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 kind of, kind of. For the living, maybe you could say, for the living. But the, about, dead, the dead already should have been judged. How about this? How about this? How about this? He shall come again in glory to judge the unjudged. Does that work? Or he shall come in glory to judge those awaiting judgment. I mean, this is both the living and the dead. Well, but we not even say that we say that the dead have not been judged yet. There's also saying that he will come the again. The dead are judged and they die. That's very important part of our faith. It's a very important part of our faith that he will come again. It's very yeah. important because it talks about Armageddon, the end of time, the end of the world. And when when the new Israel is born, when, the new, when God comes to live among us, that's what the whole end of time is. And when was that? What, where was that? That was, that, was, that was in the um, Old Testament, right? No, Revelations is the New Testament. Okay. New Testament. Okay, so it's the final book of the Bible. Who wrote that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, it doesn't mean like. What does it matter? Uh, it, matters, it matters because uh, um, if they had any sort of connection to the actual, actual like God or you know Jesus or one of the Trinity, connection? like any sort of like you know everybody, has you know you know how like Luke and the, 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 these other these other books they they, are, they have they were <laughs> disciples right of of Jesus. And Jesus, you know, obviously had the connection to God because he was part of him. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. But like, here's your answer. People did. Somebody could have just made it up. Or people could have made up all of this. Well, I mean, they could have. People had made up part of. There's a lot of stories that were that were the way they wanted. The Book of Revelation was written sometime around 96 CE in Asia Minor. The author was probably a Christian from Ephesus, known as John the Elder. According to the book, the John, this John was on the island of Patmos, not far from the coast of Asia Minor, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Uh, that's, what, that's what he wrote. So that's what he wrote. Who wrote it? Uh, John the, uh, John the Elder. John the Elder. So, uh, he was on the island. And, 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 and I mean, it just... See here, in, under Wikipedia, so it's something a little different here. The book of Revelation, uh, is a, uh, what? What was that? It's the final book of the New Testament, which we said, written in Greek, title derived from the first word of the text, apoc 
apocalypsis, meaning unveiling or unrevealing, a revelation. It's the only apocalyptic book in the New Testament. It occupies a central place in the Christian um, in the Christian faith. Now let me sit here. The author names himself as simply John in the text, but his precise identity remains a point of academic debate. Second-century Christian writers such as uh, Papias the Heraclitus, Justin Martyr, uh, Arrhenius, Mitchell of Sardis, Clement of Alexandria, and the author of Muratorian uh, Fragment identified John the Apostle as the John of Revelation. Modern scholarship generally takes a different view, with many considering that nothing can be known about the author except that he was a Christian prophet. Uh, modern theological scholars characterize the book of Revelation as, as uh, author as John of Patmos. The bulk of tradition <clears throat> sources date the book in the reign of Roman Empire uh, domination, dom, 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 domission, AD 81 to 96, which uh, evidence tends to confirm. Okay, so these are things we don't know necessarily. It was his name was John. We know that much. I think it's just a fear tactic. I think it's just a fear tactic as a way to, as a way to. Do you not believe we'll be judged? Create fear. I mean, yes, I believe that we'll be judged, but when, whenever we die, I think we should have judged when we die. Let me read this to you, Rick. Let me read this to you. Hold on, second. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Historicist interpretation of Revelation is containing a broad view of history. While preterist interpretations treat Revelation as mostly referring to the events of the apostolic age, first century, or at the latest, the fall of the Western Roman Empire in the fifth century. Futurists, meanwhile, believe that Revelation describes future events, with the seven churches growing into the body of believers throughout the age, and a reemergence of continuous rule of a Greco Roman system with modern capabilities described by John in ways familiar to him. And idealist or symbolic interpretations consider that Revelation does not refer to actual people or events, but is an allegory um, of the spiritual path that the ongoing struggle between good and evil. Again, the Bible is, is, can be interpreted so many different ways. And that says that they're wrong, they're just different. Okay, let me see if I can find out any more information for you about exactly what they're calling, how they, how they do it. I wish I was an expert on the Bible, folks. I really do. I'm a bishop of the church. I do a lot of studying. I've studied a lot of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's important that I know those things, but I, I, I can't know everything. <laughs> you know? And uh, so thank God for Wikipedia. That's all I have to say. Mm -hmm. so one second here. Let me see. So, is it okay to force turn our phones on? Did you what? Is it okay for us to turn our phones on? Yeah, you turn those on after. Just right. because yeah, the door's mine's on is because for this reason, I'm going to chat with some people like, like yeah. Yeah. With people about the broadcast right now. That's the only reason mine's on. Yeah. When we get a bunch of them going, our, our system is messed up. But we need to say that we're judged. Well, yeah, because we, we are judged. Yeah, but when we die, conventional understanding of, has been that the book of Revelation was written to comfort beleaguered Christians as they underwent persecution at the hands of the emperor. This is, however, not only the interpretation, domination may not have been a desperate opposing an imperial cult, and they may have been a systematic empire-wide persecution of Christians in this time. Revelation may instead have been composed in the context of a conflict with the Christian community of Asia Minor, or whether to engage with or withdraw from the far larger non-Christian community. There's so many different things about this, I mean, it's amazing. 
Revelation was among the last books accepted in the Christian biblical canon. In the present day, some churches that derive from the Church of, of the East reject it. Eastern Christians became skeptical of the book as doubts concerning its authorship and unusual style were reinforced by aversion to its acceptance by Machinists and Matanists and other groups considered to be her heretical. The, the, dis the distrust of the book of Revelation persisted in the East through the 15th century. Uh, Mr. Alexandra, a disciple of Origen, wrote that the book of Revelation could have been written by Corinthius, although he himself did not adapt to the view that Corinthius was the writer. So much, so much. Okay. Uh, the next line that happens after that is that we believe that our ongoing journey, following the path he laid for us, will lead us to his eternity. That's correct. That's showing that the judgment of the, like, we follow his path and do what we're supposed to do will lead to I us think, being I with think the word God. Judgment, I think the word judgment is important in this in, this, in our canon here. I think it's important to have some sort of word of judgment. We are judged. We are saying that. Yeah, it, was, um, it, it can't just be. We, we're being very specific here. We don't want to be. You know, anything, this is very specific about what we are, what we believe. You can, but, you know, I was just saying that the, the, the next line says that we're, uh, if we follow the path that he laid for us, it will lead to us, it will lead to us having the judgment that we, we want, which is, you know, it, because if we don't, obviously the opposite of that would be, if we don't follow his path that he laid for us, we will not lead to his internal praise. Mm -hmm. So that was so that we were being judged right there. We need the word judge. We need to put, I'm, I'm why is that before. needed? Because if you're not, you're implying something. Well, you're implying something that's already supposed to be known by saying, but we're following this path and giving eternal grace. But we need to also understand that we are being judged. And it needs to be very specific. Look, you are going to be judged. The things you do in your life will be judged. That's what it's saying as well on the next line, right? You're saying that if you don't follow your, the path that he laid for us. Well, that path includes judgment. We need to be specific about that. We need to understand. Look. What you are doing here, you will be judged for after your death. So, all the scenes, all the, all the debauchery, everything. And we're also going to talk about him coming again. Is he coming again or not? I, I believe he is. I believe any time he will come again. Okay. We'll come so, time is now ending at a certain point, right? Even time is renewed. And this time, what that means is it's not infinite, right? Even time is renewed. Yeah. Where are we? Do you understand infinity? infinity? Do you understand infinity? Yeah, I don't understand infinity. But, but there's a time where we, where before us, we know it, and yeah. before they know it. We don't understand that time. That's not our time. From the time that we know it. Now, how do we know that there's going to be an end to that time? Because we already died. If we already died, then all the people that have died before already had the end of their time. Really? But, well, that's where you get reincarnation and all that. Yeah, we're going to talk about reincarnation. So there's another thing we, we can talk about here we don't really yeah. talk about much of, right? Because it's according to the, the, the Christian the Bible and things like that. If you're dead and you're asleep, you're obviously not being reincarnated, right? Exactly. What do we feel about reincarnation? Uh, reincarnation, the Bible basically says the same thing in essence, but... The, That's so what does it say again? The spirit will be back raised from the dead and basically... Well, what happened? So right, that's you, what it says. You that's But is, is it possible? Can you possibly believe that? Possibly, instead of that necessarily understanding of it, that we actually have other paths that we take also. That we will die if we're not ready to move on to our next phase of life. Okay. Then we go back in the game. We can't kind of go through summer school. 
Because the way that it was said just a second ago, uh, Jesus did that. Did what? He died, was was put away into a tomb, and then rose well, from that same body again. That's what they're saying about, that's why they're saying we do the same thing. So his soul was not put into sleep because he went to hell. He went to hell. So, he went to hell to fight for our sins. I'm wondering, if was he sleeping and his body was separated from his soul? His spirit was from spirit was gone. The body was dead. Yeah, so, so his, his, so is that, so, that maybe that's what happens. Our spirit separated. We go to hell? No, I say our spirit separated. I agree with that. But I, but I agree. I don't believe God leaves our spirit to rot inside a, a human shell when he's sleeping. Out of body, that shows that we got a judgment as right there because he went to heaven. He already got his judgment. I we all said that. We already said that. We believe that we are judged at the time of death. We believe that. So, um, him coming back to judge us already doesn't make sense because he's already been, because Jesus has already been judged at this point. No, who we judged for our spirit? Who gave up for I mean, God? He fought. He, no, he didn't. Well, then Jesus, why did he go to hell? God. He went to hell to fight for our sins. So he just picked to go to hell? Or did he just... Did who, no, who, who's, who, who sinned? Who, who's in charge? Who is, it, who, who is the master of sin? It, 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 the devil. The devil. So that's where you have to fight to get those sins atoned. Okay. And so he did by giving himself a... So who's okay. the judger? Okay. God. So if God judges, then... So he judged to him to go and the Well, that's a good sins, question. Right? It's a good question. I've never actually thought of that. I've never okay. even thought of that, that, that answer. I, I don't know. Well, I'm not asking... No, you're asking very good questions. You are so deep on some of this stuff. It amazes me mm-hmm. that you're so young in your Christian faith because it's, it's amazing to me the, the questions you come up with. They're very, very deep. And I don't know the answers. Here's what I do. Okay. 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 Because I want you... I think of everything very... Like logically about stuff. I know so, you do, and, and it's yeah. hard to be. Look, I, I like logic because it, I think God gave it to us for a reason. But here's the deal: you know, a lot of people in the world they believe the Bible is is word for word exact as it happened. The, the seven days that was it. That we came from Adam and Eve. That's it. There was no evolution. There was nothing else. This is, and the, the, all the stories in the Bible are real. They all happened. I don't necessarily believe that. In fact, I don't believe that. I believe that it's a beautiful. Stories in the Bible. There are parables to teach us about living life, right? Mm-hmm. And we take it that way. Honestly, it doesn't matter if you get or not. Those stories are characters. She's Celestine. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what we're doing. Learning from them. Here's what we're doing. This. Okay. This is a very. This is big, guys. We're going to hold off on that particular phrase for now. Okay. So we're going to hold it, and we're going to we're going to think about it. Okay. We're going to go research how we want to research. Okay. And decide on our own. We'll come back again next week on that part. And decide, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to take, I want all this research, I want you guys to be uncomfortable in this, what we're doing here. You're doing this every Sunday, we're professing that we believe this. I want to believe it. I want you to believe it. So, that one right so there. we want to relate to everybody else. Believe. Correct, that's the whole point. Because we can't go out there and talk about our faith with other people if we don't talk about what we believe. If we don't believe this, we can't do it. Alright. Okay. So, we'll hold off that one. On the third day, he rose again. It's actually two phrases here. No, Won't you go on back to bed, back to the back and talk to the top of the phone, please? So, okay, so we said, on the third day, he rose again to come to church. We believe that, right? Okay, we believe that. He is here to heaven, he seeks the right hand of the Father. We believe that. He shall come again to glory to judge the leader. That's the question we have a problem with right there, okay? Okay. Now, moving on from that. We'll hold on to that part, we'll talk about it. Please research it. Please decide what you, please pray about it. Think about it. Ask God for his advice on this, okay? We believe that our ongoing journey following the path that he laid for us will lead us to his eternal embrace. Do we believe that? 
Yes. You're supposed to, that, that's actually an add-on from the other creeds. That's something that's not included in the creeds. We added that ourselves, and I believe that is important that we have that there. Okay. And we also believe, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified. And we believe with that. We're very cool with that. Okay. Okay. He has spoken and speaks through the prophets. I believe that 100%. The uh, original creeds say he has spoken through the prophets. Here's what I believe. He has spoken and speaks through the prophets. Because I believe he's still speaking through the prophets. We just have to listen. We believe in the sacred coalition of Christian and apostolic churches. Yes. I believe that the coalition of churches together, if we can get them, get, them, get our, our back together, and realize that we're all worshiping God. I mean, I, I think that the next line after that is what, is what saves that. Okay. We believe in the sacred coalition of Christian apostolic churches who together right, rightly praise and glorify him. We believe in that. It's not necessarily true. We're not all there yet. We're trying, right? We acknowledge holy Christian baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Yes. Yes? Well good on that? Okay. We look for the resurrection of the dead. Oops. There it is again. And the life of the world and the universe to come. Amen. So here's another question here. We marked that one as well. We look for the resurrection of the dead. That's, I know you, I, I, I expect you, when he comes to judge. I expect you to do your homework on this because look, there's a lot out there on this already. There's a lot of people who discuss it. Ask AI if you have to. I mean, they'll tell you. Seriously, go read the stuff. Look at your phones. You have those phones. Every bit of information you want in the world is right there in your phone. Go look it up. We will look for the resurrection today, and he shall come again. Lord, judge will be the day. We're talking about that death part, the judgment. And, and the resurrection of our bodies. Here's what we're talking about, right? Oh, here's a question. When we die, do we go to sleep? Or do we to await a judgment at a later time and just sleep until millennia until he decides to judge us? Or do we go to directly and are judged? And two, if that's the case, we kind of take care of the question, that there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. And if you believe that we are asleep, do you believe that when... Atonement day, when that day comes, uh, day comes that, uh, that uh, the judgment day, are our, our bodies physically brought out of the ground and the soil and brought into heaven? Do you believe those? Those are the questions we have. That's what you're going to have to answer next week to me, okay? And it's, it's a lot to think about. I don't know. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Think about it. Use the brain that God gave you and show from there. All right. That's where we're on that. That's good. A great part of the next day. And I, you know, I like the fact that we're thinking. Because if you just keep saying the same shit over and over again, like some of these churches have done, and keep doing that, and, and not really believing it, not even understanding what you believe, then why do it? Why do it? If, if somebody comes to me, if I read that every, every Sunday, and then somebody comes to me and asks me, well, what do you think, what, can you explain this to me? I can't. So I, want, I should be able to explain every word of that document. And that's what we're going to do. All right. What else, guys? I talked way too much again, but I had to. We had to get that out. We had to get that taken care of. Today, let's talk about what we've got for today a little bit. We're talking about today. Being what? Being what? What are we talking about today? Being disciples. Come on now. It's like, what was the title of the sermon? Coming from followers to being followers to disciples. What's the difference? Did you catch any of it again? Notice her eyes are moving. You're getting tired of the sermon. You like that warm air, weren't you? Yep. Um, mm. Disciples are like messengers of the word. Are they? That's well, part of what they do. Yeah. They also get a lot more become a disciple. The real yeah. steps at the end of the, of, the, of, the uh, of my sermon about what it takes to become a disciple. Those last ones were really important. 
to have a, a sort of like a being, you know, sacrificing yourself to be with, um, to be there and really be a, sacrificing everything. Not just a follower. A follower, a follower is is there like they're not they're not sacrificing everything they have for it for it for it and everything that they you know. We have followers of the church on Facebook, right? They follow on Facebook, right? They follow. Okay, they can they watch our service now and then. They check our Facebook page, see what we're doing. They never come to church. They never participate in anything we do. They never help in our outreach. They never really donate. They really kind of come. But they follow us on Facebook. Right. Is that really? Would you consider that a, a member of our church? Not really. I mean, they, they're kind of they're, they're following. Mm -hmm. So following, you're doing that. You're, you're watching what's going on. You're seeing what they're doing, right? You might follow up a, a band or something like that. You're not a part of that, right? Jesus is saying, you want to be a disciple of mine, you've got to be doing it. And we talk about it all the time, don't we? Actions. Your feet have got to move. Words are cheap. You can talk all you want and it doesn't mean a damn thing. Actions can drive the words and have that adage is there because it's true. When you do action, that's what is that shows what your words mean. You understand that? Love is not like, like so love is not a a, an emotion. It's not an emotion. It's an action. Because you show love by your actions. Just saying, I love you. doesn't tell you did it's why. Right? So it doesn't. It doesn't say anything. When I do for you, when I, you know, all the little things that love engrosses, you know, I, I, I cook breakfast for you in the morning, or I, I wash your dirty clothes, or I, I, I wipe your mouth when you're sick. All those things, that's what love is. That's what actions are what love is, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Your words, they're great and wonderful and fantastic. But are you following them? Are you living up to them? Are your feet moving to match the words that you're saying? So, that said... Amen. With that said, just being disciples now. You've got to do it. You've got to get in there and work. In other words, walk the walk. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in there. Do the do the things we do at the church. Come to church. Help set up. Help break down. David go do the walking all the time with us. Help us in the community. Help us do the things we're here. We're trying to spread a message of love. We're trying to spread a message of Jesus Christ and Christianity as it truly is, is written, what the best definition of it is. Then you're not excluding people. Teaching about the love and all love of God. That, that everybody is accepted, that everybody is a creation of God, and that nothing is wrong with you unless you just decide, <laughs> hey. I'm screwed all. I'm just going to go sin, 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 sin. You know that you're right and wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. So what are you, a disciple or a follower? Disciple. Are you? I believe it. <laughs> and, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I know you don't you. I know what you are. You know how I know what he is? Because he witnesses all the time. Yeah, there's... Yeah, actually, we talk Christian, he just talk... He didn't have even said the word Christian. He just, say, he just talks about his life. And what I experienced. That's what Christian That's what life is. I mean, that's what you have your witnesses say. how you feel about it. I don't have to have a book in my hand going, Oh, no, 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 you're always being watched, especially being a good Christian. You're being watched. People are looking to say, take advantage, and take uh, take not take advantage. They're looking to set, for, you to set, for you to set an example. Okay, when, when, you, when you are representing, say, our church or Christianity or God, like you are every day, you should be setting an example. Everything you do should point to that.
on the world. Little things like we've talked about. Opening the door for somebody. Smiling at somebody. Acknowledgements already exist. Don't put your head down. What are you looking at down there? Look at the world. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. People are beautiful. Right. Say hello. It could be, it's going to get worse for a good day. Things would be a lot worse. You can't do every day you wake up. Things would be a lot worse than I am right now. And you could be. I don't matter how far you go, you get, I'm telling you, things get a lot worse. I could be having on the same clothes for two weeks in a row and not know Because I don't have anything else to put on. What do you have life thing going on? How are we doing with that? Everybody kind of freaking out about it still? What? Live on Sunday? The live on Sunday, the live on the all live show. This all moving very quickly. I mean, like I said, just a couple months ago, we weren't doing any of this. Now we've got we've got a live television station or a television station, twenty four seven uh Dallas Real Estate Television Station. Yes! We've got uh, a live a prayer show that we do on Wednesday nights called Go Path Live with Bishop Mark, right? And then we have Sunday now we're doing live Sunday services. How do y'all feel about that? I don't mind. I have fun. I enjoy it. I love it. I know we enjoy it. I don't watch the night. And it is overwhelming. I am too. Sermon, that's my big deal. Hmm? As long as it doesn't affect the sermon. How would it affect the sermon? We'll do the exact same thing we always do. Okay. The only thing is we can't stop and say, oh, we'll just, we'll just edit that way here. Okay. We've got to keep on going, right? Because right. the people are watching us live, right? Okay. All right. Guys, I, I enjoyed it today. I think we're all getting kind of tired. It's cold outside. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. It's cold. Please take care of yourselves if you're going outside. Right. I think it's like probably about 15 right now. Uh, it's cold. Yeah. I'm sorry, what is it right now? It's kind of curiosity. It's 4.30 in the afternoon here in Dallas right now, and it is four, uh, hold on. It is 15 degrees. 15 degrees at 4.30 in the afternoon. It's cold. And they're talking uh, possibly a little bit of a wintery mix coming up. A what? Wintery mix. Precipitation. No, no, Precipitation. Right. Sleet. Uh, ice. Right. Snow. So please, be careful out there. Please. Okay. Does anybody have anything else they need to talk about that's important to get to get through? Everybody understands their homework, right? You're going to go home. I really want you guys to know this is important. Think about this. This is you're talking about what we believe. We say this every day, every Sunday here at church. Talk about what we believe. Please think about it and make sure we're coming together on this and some sort of consensus, okay? It's important. I don't know the answers. We have to just agree to what we believe. Because if we don't believe, why are we saying it? Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and pray our way out of here. Come on, guys. Right. <coughs> we go and we thank, thank you and shout out to Pastor Sean Condren uh, for all of his behind the scenes work with us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the opportunity. We're humbled by it. We may freak out a little bit because we're not used to the live thing, but we're getting there. We're trying. We're trying. Hey, for the first time, probably in two years, we started at 3 o'clock today. Oh, yeah. We started at 3 o'clock. That, that's a huge accomplishment for us. <laughs> yes, indeed. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to come together and worship you as we so rightfully should. So many in this world do not have this opportunity and are persecuted for the simple fact of doing what we did here today. Lord, I think the most important the most important thing we can ask you right now is to help us to understand what we believe. Help us to understand what it is that you want us to believe. Help us to discern what our faith is so that when we come together next week we can Give an unequivocal yes to this is what I believe. Father, the weather is cold. And it's, it's in a beautifully changing world that we have. Thank God it does change. But please watch out for those that are stuck out in the weather today. It's very cold. And the unprotected people are at risk. And we ask that you comfort them and, and keep them warm. We ask that you also watch out for the animals that are out in the cold. Please help them to find shelter and stay warm. And help us get through this little cold snap without too many broken pipes as we had a couple of years ago. 
and no, no rolling brownouts or blackouts, please. Help us to have electricity and stay warm, and all of us be safe in this, in this cold weather. Lord, we ask all of this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Guys, I'll see you next next Wednesday. Good, good. We come to the live show next Wednesday. Okay. Other than that, that's it, folks. We're done. Okay. Help us break down. Help us break down. Let's break this down. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. Thank you.